This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Climbers, how do legendary country songwriters take ideas and turn them into hit stories? We'll let them tell you in their own words today on The Climb. If you want to level up your lyrics, this one is for you. Hey, Johnny, do your thing. Welcome to The Climb! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. Leverage is what you're going to need if you want to get paid more to gig. you got to have more leverage. Bring a bigger crowd. you want a record deal, you got to have a big audience and have that leverage. Are you going to get a crap deal? That's the difference between a curse and a blessing at a major, re- on a major level. <laughs> uh, if you want that booking agency, if you want that management company, you're going to have to have leverage. It's why we called it The Climb, y'all. C-L-I-M-B, creating leverage in the music industry. That is AKA a Baxter name from my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter. Brent's an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady A, Joe Nichols, and more. And what I love about Brent is he helps artists like you create, do business professionally. No, he reveals (laughs) how to. (laughs) That's why I have it written down right in front of me. I don't. I just try to go right off the there. cuff and keep it fresh. Uh, yeah. What I love about Brent is he helps you turn bro by revealing how you're going to write like a pro, do business like a pro, and then he introduces you to the pros. And you can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host at Johnny Dwinnell. Johnny owns a Daredevil production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. If you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, then Daredevil production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That is production singular. No S, and there is no S because there is no other. Johnny. D. I got a new puppy. I heard about that. Is he going to grow into his paws? Oh, my God, dude. They're huge. <laughs> like, when he walks on the hardwood floor, it yeah. sounds like you would sound if you were trying to walk on the hardwood floors wearing scuba flippers. <laughs> yeah, I got his you. His paws are so big. And when he <laughs> runs on the hardwood floor, when he tries to trot, uh-huh. it sounds like three drunk sailors. <laughs> <laughs> not two, not four, yeah, three, three drunk yeah. sailors. <laughs> it's Menez. Y'all, uh, Janelle and I got a like a Great Dane puppy, and he's this is the first time we kind of did like the highbrow thing, and we imported him from Italy from a breeder who's also like the equivalent of an AKC judge. Mm-hmm. Okay, in Italy, so AKC's American Kennel Club. Europe has a different 
it's, it's, I can't, I don't know what the name is, but it's something different. Yeah. Over there. So he's like a judge. So super reputable dude and everything like that. And we got the dog in and he is 15 weeks and he's over 60 pounds. <laughs> oh, no. Dude, he's as big as Janelle's English cream golden retriever. <laughs> oh my gosh. And he's like, he's a rookie. He's like, how puppies are. He's just like, yeah. He's like a crackhead, just running around oh, yeah. and getting into everything, like concept. Except like week or two, if we don't like have control of him, like he can just demolish the couch if he wants to. Yeah. I got you. No, it, it feels like but think his puppies grow out of that fairly quickly. We've had Hazel for like three and a half years and she's still in that phase. Oh, <laughs> I'm oh. kidding. Now she doesn't chew on the couch uh, at the moment. Well, I mean, so like literally like I'll crate train <laughs> our puppy. Like I, I crate train my other day. And so, yeah, we can't do that with Hazel. She got enough of that in China. No more crate training for her. No. <laughs> those are, those days are done. No, no more. <laughs> she seriously had, she seriously had enough of that. Yeah. This is a whole new world in America. And it's sad in a sad kind of way, but yes. So anyway, dogs, congrats on the dog. What's the name? Well, we're still, so check this out. We're still not sure. Mm -hmm. We kind of got a last minute thing on this dog, like from the breeder, we were looking at a couple of different breeders and he was like, Hey, I've got this. It was my pick of the litter, mm -hmm. but he found another male that he wants to stud. And so he's like, I'll give you a deal on this one. If you want it. And we were like, yeah, we'll take it because it was a beautiful mm -hmm. pup. So I wanted, and Janelle had already booked to be out of town to look after her grandchildren when her kids had to go to some function or whatever for the weekend. So she'd been gone. Like I had to drive to Chicago to get it. Right. And bring it back my damn self. And I don't know what the yeah. hell I'm doing. Like I had to go pick it up at the airport. It's a whole big, it's a whole thing. <laughs> Are, were you out and there holding up a sign said Great Dane? Like waiting for yeah, the dog yeah, to come right? through yeah. and like, oh, okay, you're mine. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I got it back and I've just been kind of dealing with it. So Janelle just got in last uh, night. So I want her to meet the dog okay. first is what I'm trying to say before we need it. But we're hovering around a couple One of One of them names. better be like Italian. That way it's like, oh, why'd you get the name Maurizio? A lot of people well, were throwing that out. So like when I got him in Chicago, right, Janelle was like, look, you have to just go stay at your cousin's who lives like just outside of Chicago. And for 24 hours, you got to hang with the dog because it's going to be like yeah. traumatized after that. It was on the crate That's for like rough, 40 yeah. hours. Poor thing. So I totally did that. And he's like doing really good now. He's like totally cool. And so they're like, and you need like it should be uh you, you remember the Rodney Dangerfield bit? Hey, I got a doctor, I got a wonderful doctor. You you heard of my doctor, Dr. Vinny Boombots. <laughs> <laughs> like call him Vin Vincenzo, like Dr. Vinny Boombots, you know, and I thought that was hysterical. And no. she was like, no. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so we are she likes Sebastian, we call him Baz for short. Yeah. But we keep going also to calling him writer. Ooh. No, do you say no? W-R-I-T-E-R, writer. Oh. Ooh, I'm poking through my shirt right now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I thought you'd like that. And I thought our listeners would like that. Oh, there we go. So this isn't just a mundane story. There we about go. My damn it dog. comes around. Concerned you too. <laughs> <A> writer. <laughs> nice. All right. So we're gonna get into oh, some secrets. Yes. Here. So today we're gonna crack open an old but I think timeless songwriting book. It's by Susan Tucker. I'm going to show it to you here, Johnny, on the screen. And anyone who might in the future be watching a video of this. Mm -hmm. It's called The Secrets of Songwriting. Leading songwriters reveal how to find inspiration and success. Again, by Susan Tucker. Now, I got to hold this book like when it came out, like 2003 or 2004. So it's been a hot minute. But it was definitely helpful in my development as a songwriter. Is not that long after I moved to Nashville. And I pulled it back out recently, and I think there's still some like great bits of wisdom in there for songwriters that just it doesn't matter about when it came out. So I just thought I'd share some of those with y'all today. And it's a good book, and it's, it is on Amazon. Last I checked, and I don't get a kickback of that unless I get an affiliate link going on in the show notes. 
but I got to work on that. <laughs> All right. Let's do this. Yes. Let's uh, just get to some business real quick. Then join the Facebook community or the climb community on mm-hmm. Facebook. Excuse me. It's a uh, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the climb community. You have to ask to be let in. We let everybody in just be good boys and girls and put everything that you want to show us, your music, your gigs, all that stuff. we got a place for you to put it in the right place under the right post. It's everything where it should be and everything in its place, a place for everything, everything in its place. That's what I meant. Don't put it in the feed. <laughs> That's right. Okay, or you'll be Roadhouse. Hmm. Uh, it's, it's really simple. <laughs> so on Wednesday, one of the ones we like to talk about, we got Wednesday. Wednesday That's right. Wednesday. New Heights post drops every Wednesday, hopefully. And it's your time, but we encourage you to share your music-related wins for the week. And so we can celebrate with you. And so we're just going to share a couple of them. Let's see. Jeff Adams has a new release dropping on August 25th. So by the time y'all hear this, Jeff Adams' new release will be out there. Jeff, you need to... Let us know what song that is so we know where to find it. There you go, Jeff. Yes. And William D. Bailey says, Paul DeMarco, Lisa Lee Martin, and myself had a song come out in a miniseries on Friday. It's called Hunting Jessica. And the song was called American Man. So congrats to William. Congrats to Paul, who is a climber as well. And congrats to Lisa on that. So, man, people putting out releases, people getting songs, and very exciting sounding shows. Hunting Jessica. So y'all need to let us know where we can find that too. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. All right. And then make sure you follow the podcast or subscribe to it, depending on what platform you're on. Leave a rating or review on iTunes. We have, I mean, we looked at that forever. Does anyone use iTunes anymore for anything? I don't even know. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe it's over. It's over. We should just stop saying it. <laughs> and finally, just tell a friend about it. That's what's most important. Tell a friend. Yes. If this is working for you, then another indie musician, another indie artist, another writer, like let them know that this is beneficial. Help us help them, right? That's the deal. Let them know where the candy is, Let's baby. some secrets. All right, let's open this up. So I just bookmarked some stuff in this book that I thought was super handy. So I just want to share some of this. And really what I want to dive into today So basically what Susan Tucker does is she interviews a bunch of leading songwriters, a bunch of hit songwriters. And and so a lot of the same questions are asked in each section, which is really cool to see the different writers takes on these same questions. And so I just picked one of them. You know, there are variations in each interview, but there's one that came up a bunch. And I thought it is like, how do you develop your song idea? You get a title or an idea. How do you develop the story? So I thought, well, that's good. Let's hear from some hit songwriters about that. So the first one we have up is Bob DePiro. So Bob is a National Songwriters Hall of Fame member. I mean, he wrote everything from Little Rock Until You Love Me for Reba to American Made for the Oak Ridge Boys, Church on Cumberland Road for mm. Shenandoah, Blue Clear Sky for Straight, Mirror Mirror for Diamond Rio, just just a bunch of stuff. I mean, so he's, come on, he's a Hall of Famer. So you know some Bob DePiro songs. And so Here's a question. So you have an idea for something you want to say in a song. What process do you go through to develop the story? And I'm just going to read a little bit of this. He says, if I have an idea for a song, I try to put myself in as the character of that song. Like I'm the guy in the song. Say it's a female central figure. Obviously, I'm not a woman, but I try. I guess that's what actors do. Try to role play. What would this character really say? Not what would show up in a Hallmark holiday card. What emotions would really be involved in this title? Whoever's saying this, would they really say that? So role-playing is a big thing. And, of course, I am not going to contradict Bob DePiro because he is in the Hall of Fame and I am not. But uh, 
Man, that's true. I just throw in some of my own thoughts. That's what I do with Monday morning church. You know, when I, when I had the, the title and that phrase, you left my heart as empty as a Monday morning church and started developing that and thinking about this guy who lost his spouse and she was the more the spiritually mature one or whatever. I just it's like close my eyes and imagine, okay, what does this look like? What would this be like? What would this? And that's what gave me the idea of him lying in bed and her Bible's on the dresser. So he throws in the drawer because he can't look at it. He can't talk to God right now without yelling. And all I said was, was total role playing because it was a bit of fiction. But like, what would somebody really say? How would they really feel in this? And so I think that's just a great piece of advice for writers to like get inside the character's head. Dude, this is cool. These are a bunch of secrets that help people better perform at Song Title Challenge, which is the yeah. development mm-hmm. stage. What would somebody really think? Yeah. I'm just going to share several of these. I probably won't let, hover too long on any one of them, but here's another one. Stuart Harris, a man, he's a former artist with Mercury Records. He's written a bunch of Travis Tritt stuff. Uh, let's see, some of the ones probably know well cuts include winona no one else on earth like her big first solo record which is really cool i'm going to be mm. somebody and drift no uh, just a groove exactly good stuff yeah. such, ah, a, such great a great groove. groove yeah i'm going to be somebody and drift off to dream and can i trust you with my heart so all number one travis tritt singles he had Rose in Paradise, which was a number one Waylon Jennings single. That's pretty cool. Mm. And Standing on the Edge of Goodbye, which was the number one John Barry. So same question. Okay. So you have an idea for a song. What process to take this little gem and develop it? So what Stuart Harris says here is when you get the inspiration, the inspiration usually takes you there. A lot of times you'll get an idea for something that you think would be a very good idea. When I do that, if I'm co-writing, I usually like to do a lot of brainstorming. Once I lay a bed of music, that helps me to know where to go with it and where to put the emotional emphasis. There are emotional highs and lows in the songs or emotional highs and highers in a song. And the music dictates that to me more so. So then sometimes when you really have to dig into the intellectual process, if, if you're doing a story song, for instance, when Jim McBride and I were writing Rose in Paradise. So, again, that was a number one for Waylon Jennings. We didn't start with the hook and write backwards. We started with the concept is this lady going to disappear? For those of you who don't know, Rose in Paradise is a song about a young girl who marries a banker and the banker turns out to be like really jealous. The chorus is, every time he'd talk about her, you could see the fire in his eyes. He'd say, I would walk through hell on Sunday to keep my Rose in Paradise. Well, that's some pretty almost evil stuff. So he's going to control her in some way, although in his mind, he's not controlling her because he loves her so much, but he really is. And he may not even know that himself. So we developed it further when we introduce the gardener while the banker's out of town, he wants the gardener to keep an eye on her. She disappears. And in the end, we don't know whether she went away with the gardener or whether she's truly buried out in the garden. I got to hear the song. I haven't heard this yet. So that just developed out of our scene, just how bizarre we could get and still keep a mystery going. We had DJs calling us going, well, did he do it or not? And we'd say, we don't know. We're not really sure. Yeah. You decide. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So each time is a little different, but I think basically if you're co-writing, it's brainstorming for a little while until that one that gives you goosebumps says, go on. I've always called goosebumps hidden indicators because if you can give yourself goosebumps, nine times out of 10, you can give your audience goosebumps. If you're writing by yourself, you should walk away and come back to it and see what you've got. Be your own co-writer. The process takes a little longer, but usually you'll find that evolution. I love that. So that's like when we're doing song title challenge and all of a sudden, like the fourth or fifth time, like, mm-hmm. oh, 
that just happen? Yeah. And it just goes to a whole new level. You're like, damn, that's the concept. That's yeah, he's a right lot there. of brainstorming. So we have Bob DePiro talking about role playing, putting yourself in there and really thinking, what would this character really truly say in this situation? Or given this title. And then Stuart Harris talking about a lot of brainstorming, a lot of throwing spaghetti against the wall, right? Yeah. So listen to these folks. I mean, these are folks with a bunch of number ones. And so is this one, Gretchen Peters. Oh, man. She's had a bunch of stuff. She wrote Independence Day for Martine McBride. Yes. So that, I mean, that's just, that's really all you need. But she wasn't done. She also wrote Patty Loveless, the chart topper, You Don't Even Know Who I Am, which was powerful. She's written a bunch with Brian Adams. The Brian Adams, the rock star. Yeah. Yeah. So she's written with him a bunch. She has Chill of an Early Fall, which is a number one George Strait. Let That Pony Run, which is a top five Pam Tillis. And The Secret of Life, which was a top five Faith Hill. She's strong. She's strong. All right. So, again, same idea. You have an idea for something you want to say in a song. What process do you go through to develop the story? And hopefully everyone out there knows Independence Day because she talks about it here. She says, it sort of works a little bit differently for me. With Independence Day, for example, I have this course, and I don't really know what it means, but I know there's a story. I have a general idea what the story is, but I don't know the specifics. I don't know who the characters are, and I don't know how it's supposed to end. So she has this course. Let freedom reign, let the white dove sing, all this. Like, what is it? And what a what a freaking chorus. Uh, anyway, so the whole process of writing that song was letting the story, the characters, tell me where it wanted to go. It was a feeling of... It's out there and I have to find it. It wasn't me deciding how it was going to go, although I tried changing the ending a thousand different ways. And ultimately, I realized I can't. I'm not in control of it. It is what it is and I have to find it. It's like a riddle. It was a matter more of uncovering the story than determining the story. So that's interesting, right? Mm. She's like a little more hands off the wheel. I just got to find what feels real. I've had that experience with more than just that song. When there's a story involved, it's more about listening to what the song wants. It's just an instinct thing. You play the song back to yourself and go, "Mm, that's not real. You get to the certain point in the song and you think, that's not what happens. That's not right. It strikes a false note. Okay, I'm not there yet. I haven't found the arc of the story yet. That's what happened with Independence Day. First, I had the chorus. Then I got the first verse and then the second verse. And then I thought, okay, we know what's happened. We know that this little child's father is abusing her mother and she gets out of the way. But then there was this problem of the third verse and I wrote it several different ways. I tried to make it nonviolent at the end. I don't know how I thought I was going to do that given that it was a violent situation, but I tried something and I'd listen to it. And there was just something in me that said, that's not right. That's not what happens. It was just a feeling of, I don't buy that. It's an instinct. So I think that's super cool, right? Yeah. So it's great hearing from these different hit writers, all these little different bites of the apple on how they approach it. Yeah, no, that's really cool. So what's uh, remind me again of the third verse of Independence Day? Like, let's see. Oh, what was it? The, well, the firemen came; they put out the flames. That took me to the county home. Oh, yeah. Well, I ain't saying if it's right or it's wrong, but maybe it's the only way. Yeah, yeah. Talk about your revolution. Yeah, it's yeah. Independence Day. Yeah. So I can't remember exactly how that. Talk about yeah. your revolution. Woo. It's Independence. So yeah, burn the house down. That just gave me goosebumps, yeah. dude. Just, just saying that lyric. I got a goosebumps just on that. Like, ooh. Yeah, so and strong. it's funny because that's kind of like Rose in Paradise for Waylon Jennings, right? Yeah. Did the mom, like, in the video, I think the mom got hauled off to jail. But it's like, but just song-wise, you're like, 
they took her to the county home. Was that because she's an orphan now? Was it like she took the dad out with herself? The mom did, or did she just kill him, or she just burned the house down? What happened? We don't know. Right. We, we don't, don't know. know. Well, which is interesting yeah. too. I suspect the dad is dead. I don't feel sorry for him if he is. No, no. Don't hit Had that coming to him, man. All right, that's right. So, but it's interesting. Woman scorn. Woman scorn. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I I should do that again. You should write a song like that someday. Um, <laughs> but it's it's cool with so with her. It's a lot of. It sounds like it's a lot of listening to what you're doing, right? You're really listening to the song and really trying to have a uh, an ear for. Does this feel real? Does this feel right? Yeah. Not like is this good enough? Oh, it makes sense because I'm sure all of her versions made sense. She's a heck of a songwriter. Yeah. So I'm sure they were all well done. They all made sense. But she was listening to that little voice inside of her that's going, that's not it. It's yeah. not right. Or it doesn't make sense or it feels false. It just feels false. Feels separate. Yeah. And so that was that's something I, I would encourage you to do. You know, we can get so busy like chasing rhyme, chasing words, putting in all this, like Bob DePiro talked about, Hallmark greeting card stuff that we need to stop. Yeah. Slow down. So a lot of writing is listening, right? And go, does this feel real? Does this feel legit? Does this feel false? Does it feel true? And just listening to the song and then sticking with it till it all feels like, yeah, man, this feels real. This feels legit. This feels honest. Even if you're making it up, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, she developed that story, Independence Day, around that. She had this course. What's the story? Well, apparently, I mean, it's based on true things because that, that stuff happens, but it wasn't something she'd lived, but yet it felt very yeah. honest and real. And she had to keep going until that story felt real and felt honest and felt true and didn't feel false. So I thought that was super cool. Awesome. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on getting real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with factor meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late, and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make, and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well, I could make a run to the store... Or I could make one of my new factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything Factor Meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor Meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code pantheon50 to get 50% off. So much good stuff here. These people should like write songs. Yeah. They totally should. All right. <laughs> Up next, we have Alan Shamblin. Let's see. He wrote He Walked on Water for Travis, or for sorry, Randy Travis, uh, which is classic for Randy Travis. He's had songs recorded by Lee, Green, Lee Greenwood, the Forster Sisters, James House. Let's see. Yeah, Randy Travis's He Walked on Water was a number one. He's had number one songs such as Walk on Faith, 
recorded by Mike Reed, In This Life by Colin Ray, We Were in Love by Toby Keith, Life's a Dance by John Michael Montgomery, Thinking Problem by David Ball, Man of My Word by Colin Ray. And since he's been on, has so many cuts and everything, and since this book has been published, oh, yeah, he's also a writer on The House That Built Me. Oh, damn. So, I mean, you know, he was already making books like 10 years before that song came out, right? Sheesh. So, he good. He good. So, yeah, he got game. He got game. <laughs> All right, so same question. You have an idea for something you want to say in a song. What process do you go through to develop the story? He says, I sit with it, I digest it, I brood over it, and I look at it. I'm talking about when I write by myself. That's my process. Right, so sidebar, he's, he's taking time. He's chewing on it, right? Yeah. There's two different processes. If I were co-writing, I would take that idea in and it's be more like volleyball. I'd be like, here's the idea, what do you think? And they would grab it and they'd throw it back to me. And it would be more like bouncing it back and forth until we came up with something that inspired both of us, gave us both the energy. And we think, well, that's a fresh way to look at this idea. Oh, it sounds like they song title challenge it. Hmm. What could that be? So exactly. It's like, would we say the song title challenge is like what the first 10 or 15 minutes or whatever of a co-write looks like. This is what we're talking about. This is what actually happens in the pro writer's room. So Alan Shamlin, it's that volleyball. Again, we'd grab it. We throw the idea back and forth until we came up with something that inspired us both, gave us both energy to think, well, that is a fresh way to look at this idea. He says, when I'm writing by myself, I just start studying on it. I'll take an idea and I'll write it out longhand, like I'm writing a short story. Just start writing. This is what I'm trying to write in free flow thoughts, no critiquing, no changing, no spelling, and no rhyming. Just as fast as my hand can go, trying to open up the subconscious. Just get as much emotion as I can and get to the heart of the idea and see if the heart spills out. So so I love that. So sidebar is that that is just brainstorming. So it goes when he's in the room with somebody, he's like doing the song title challenge. And then when he's by himself, he'll brainstorm. He'll just write it out long. And that's something that I uh, suggest people do too. At times when you get an idea is just, or a title is just, Start typing, start writing it out longhand, whatever works better for you, and just go. And you're trying to get through all the – it's a way to kind of be let the page be your own co-writer, get through all the cliche stuff, trying to – and I like how he says trying to open up the subconscious just by getting words out and brainstorming, spilling it all out. You're not trying to rhyme. You're not trying to spell right. You're not worried about sentences. You're just getting it out there and see if the heart spills out, which I think is awesome. So. Yeah, that that's that's very much a function of the artist. Yeah, Julia is way. it Julia Cameron? Julia Cameron. Julia Cameron. Yeah. yeah. Same thing. Like just like literally turn off the censorship mm-hmm. part of your brain. Yeah. And just vomit. Mm-hmm. And just go and just follow. Which, by the way, if you can get to the point where you can turn off the censorship part of the brain, mm-hmm. it's really fun. Just yeah, to go. It is. And just go and oh and then it's just like Rrr. yeah and just and they like man three pages of stuff then when you run out of ideas then go back and start filtering mm-hmm. through it and and seeing figuring out which ones are strong and which ones are and not sometimes you'll and, you'll find connections you're so a way to write yeah and you'll find connections between things I mean I've gotten cuts on on songs that I've I've done that on well with like object writing but just kind of brainstorming throwing a bunch of stuff on the page and going back through and looking for connections between different parts of it that were previously unconnected and a story starts to emerge yeah um, so I like what he says yeah about trying to open up the subconscious just get it get it flowing get it flowing goes and the, so this is back to Shamblin 
He says, it's like turning on the water faucet and the water's coming through and you're hoping and praying that a nugget of gold will come out of there too. And I found many times if I just start with free flow writing and just lose myself in the idea, then the heart of what I'm trying to say, of what a part of the heart of what I'm trying to get to will fall out on the page. So very cool stuff from Alan Shamblin. Right on. And so part of what that is, is patience, right? It's patience. There's a lot of what a lot of this comes down to. With Bob DePiro, he's role-playing. What would they really say? He's not diving in, writing. Yeah. What would they say? What would they really say? It's taking time out in the middle of the write to go, is this true and honest, right? Yeah. So Gretchen Peters, it, I'm listening. Is this? Does this feel false or does this feel true? It's taking the time to volleyball back and forth until you go, oh, that's a really interesting way to look at it. It's freeing up the subconscious. So, Yo, this is craftsmanship. Yes. Right? It's not writing to get the line done All right. so you can move on to the next line. Trying to get this. I've done that before, oh, yeah. though. My damn yeah. stuff where you're just like, oh, stop, stop. We all have. Yeah. Like, yeah. But it's it's really like just that's mm-hmm. crafting. I'm crafting. Like, what am I going to say yeah. next? Like, why? What's the next right said? thing to say? What does it mean? Yeah. yeah. Is it the right thing to say? And what do yeah. I want to say? And so, you know, just mm-hmm. that one other thing, like when you talked about kind of finding connections and stuff like that, I've done that too, where I'm just, you know, vomiting. Mm-hmm. And then you go back and you look at it and all of a sudden, like in that vomit, like disconnected, like five minutes later down the page of writing mm-hmm. and this completely separate idea, all of a sudden there's yeah. a connection there and it creates this separate idea where you're like, that's how, like, again, you're kind of your mm-hmm. own co-writer. You're like, oh, wait, Johnny, you said yeah. this. And then you said this, that's uh-huh. the tie. That's the tie-in, man, right there. And it wasn't, you didn't, your subconscious didn't even write it that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? But all of a sudden now you, you, you're you down in the weeds and the subconscious vomiting and then you come up and, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, look mm-hmm. at this map, the way that yeah. works. And then kapow. The uh, graphic for this episode needs to be that meme of Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia when he's, he's all bloodshot eyes like he's been up for three days in a row and he's looking at the board behind him with all the, y- the red yarn like he's cracking the code of the conspiracy oh, yeah. thing. He's like, this! That's, <laughs> that's what the I'll graphic needs to be. It's I'll like going it. back through all your verbal vomit or whatever and, and going, oh, there's this thing here, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, before Johnny spits his water out. All right, up next, we have two more to go, and they're both goodies, too. Tia Sillers. So let's see here. Man, she wrote, I mean, I hope you dance. I hope you dance. So mm. she wrote that which was song of the year, single of the year, just crazy. She wrote, there's your trouble for the Dixie chicks, land of the living for Pam Tillis, mm. George Dukas, lipstick promises, Kenny Wayne Shepherd, last goodbye and blue on black. So, I mean, uh, yeah. Ooh, little rock in there. I like that. Exactly. Yes. So let's see. She's had cuts by Martina McBride, Trisha Yearwood, Diamond Rio, Winona, Su- Susie Boggess, Kim Ritchie, Alan Jackson. So she good. All right. So, and this question has a little bit of a different thing to it, but when you and a co-writer have an idea for something you want to say in a song, what process do you go through to develop the story? So this is Tia Sillers. Typically, I've been the idea person. I don't know why. Nothing spurs my creativity better than somebody sitting in a room playing the guitar to a groove or rhythm you've never thought of before. Things just tend to flow out. For some reason, I'm really gifted with opening lines. The song just starts at the beginning. The problem with that is a lot of times it doesn't have a hook. The writers I seek out are able to work around that. All right. So 
first of all, this is working differently than a lot of the other people that talked about. It seemed like it might be title first or concept first. She's like, no, I'm yeah. in, or chorus, chorus first. first. Yeah. She's like, no, I'm in a room and my co-writer's like grooving, finding a groove, finding a melody, finding something. And that just sparks a, a first line. It's discovery writing. We'll find out what it is as we go. Right. Yeah. So a different way to write. And she's come on. I hope you dance. She's great. So, and what I also point out is the writers I seek out are able to work around that. No, she finds her people that are cool with that. Cause like that would kind of, I don't work well that way. I'm like, why are we writing? I don't know where we're going. I don't know if this is the right line or a terrible line because I don't know where we're trying to get to. Yeah. Like is, should we take a left on Highland? Yeah. I don't know. Where are we going? We're we going to the hospital. We're we going to the bank. We're we going to the library. You take that left turn yeah, to Albuquerque. I don't. I don't. Uh, should we turn left to Albuquerque? Well, I don't know. We're we going to New York or California. It makes a difference. I, I don't. I can't commit to this turn. I don't know if it's any good or not. <laughs> it drives me nuts. Then I yeah. can't go be like, yeah, let's go on to the next line. Why? Because I have no idea if that last line was right or not. So finding writers that work in a way that's compatible with you. And obviously her method works. Although, AKA building a room. Building a room, right? So. Uh, which is going to take some patience as well. All right. So, yeah. Uh huh. Oh, and stable of writers that you work exactly. with. Exactly. Connections. Taking time to. The room doesn't happen while you're on the couch eating Doritos, pulling on that. No, bomb. it doesn't. Dreaming about no, being a writer. Hey, man. You sure do. <laughs> All right. For some reason. Okay. So she has opening lines. Okay. So back to Tia. Many times we'll start writing in an idea. And we'll realize that the way we're supposed to do it is naturally revealed to us. Or we'll start writing a story one way and halfway through we'll go, are we writing it in the wrong person? It shouldn't be I, it should be she. So you're changing the point of view. Or it shouldn't be in the future, it should be now. So that changes everything. So unlike a house in which you want blueprints and all the contractors and estimates and everything ahead of time, sometimes with a song, it's best just to have a picture of a house and just change the plan as you go. So that's mm-hmm. that's patience as well. That's more of the way I always did it. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I'd be just sitting and fooling about uh-huh. with my guitar. Yeah. Or, or somebody from the band would just come up with like, we'd be farting around in practice. Somebody, J-Mo, would just come up uh-huh. with a killer groove while you're going with the bass. And I'd be like, oh, oh, oh keep doing that. Keep doing that. Like, it's making me feel something. You, know, you just yeah. get the goosebumps. Yeah, you yeah. get the feels, and then it's just like, all right, now this is, and then I just start singing, mm-hmm. and literally, like, I would create the uh-huh. melody first. It'd be like, blah blah, whatever, just gibberish. Yeah, and then I'll figure out what the mm-hmm. hell it is I'm going to say later. But it just kind of just vibe on that, yeah, groove and on that feeling. Just try to squeeze mm-hmm. everything you can on that feeling, and then go back and try to figure it out. That's that's really the way I work because it's more of. What's the word I want to use? It's just more mm-hmm. raw for me, more um, primal. Yeah. Just like, oh, yeah, that's nasty, yeah. that group. Okay, and then you get into your different headspace to go, let's make it make sense. But if you're, you get that emotion going yeah. first, and I think this is a gr- great way to write. I needed you more in my career. Like, I needed you to come in with, okay, now we got some cool melodies. Let's put them. Let's, let's make, make it. This yeah, exactly. But what's great about doing that kind of thing is, like, if you're loving the groove and then you're loving your melody, it gives you – your lyrics something to aspire to because you're trying to live up to yeah. that melody. Yeah. Cause it's gotta be as cool as a melody. And I think that was probably like my weakness. Right. And I, but here thing was, you know, Hey, eighties hair band, you can get away with it. <laughs> 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 Not competing against Bob DePiro. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I am the artist. Yeah. I can do whatever the hell I want. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> 
unshirt, but, but unbutton I, my but shirt, yeah, and let my long hair blow in the in the fan that's blowing on stage, right? Just that's right. Now just now just picture how this melody would sound. Just exactly, at myself exactly in the mirror. Oh, no. <laughs> so I dig that. But and and what she says is so discovery writing. So they would be going through and following lines and they go, Oh, you know what? It shouldn't be I, it should be she. And patience, you go back and you change stuff to make it make sense. So you go back ret you know, you do retcons mm-hmm. on your song. You, it's not like you can't go back and change stuff, which again takes a little bit of patience and like, oh, okay, well we gotta reconfigure some lines, we gotta work, but you're trying to find what needs to be said. So they're not just blowing through these things. Oh, you know what else? One, one other point on that, like patience, is also, what's the word I want to use? What's a more elegant way of saying, like, just because you wrote this line down and then the line got completed, you're not married to it. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you're flexible. You can go back and say, hey, we can rip apart whatever part of this wall we want to mm-hmm. and build something different. And if it doesn't work or if we don't like it, we can go put the same wall before back in. Yeah. The idea of changing that creatively, it doesn't mean yet Mm -hmm. that you're forsaking something. Yeah. You got to serve the song, not even serve the line, but the line serve the song. Don't make the song serve the line. And yeah, yeah, I've had those experiences in in coaching sessions, in coach rights and regular rights that are like, oh, that's such a cool line, but it's taking us off topic. I'm like, well, I think it was in a coaching session the other day. It's like, yeah. Yeah, dude, I think it needs to go. Like, it's not, it's cool, but it's not just right on there. And so let's take it out. Hey, save that. Make a note of it. That might be the start of another song because it's, it's something else. So, dude, side note, have you ever seen, you know, Kevin Smith, the director? Oh, like uh, Clerks and stuff? Yeah, Clerks, okay. right? Yeah. Okay. So he's got this thing. I don't know if it's on Prime or what, but he did this like, tour where he was doing talk shows Mm -hmm. or not talk shows i'm sorry uh talks okay live talks at colleges and he's just telling these stories about stuff that he did in these movies that he created and stuff and in hollywood and and all this stuff and this this story that you just said kind of reminds me of his story of john peterson or no john peters Mm -hmm. who was a big big hollywood producer right john peters first movie he produced was caddyshack oh wow right yeah which was a mess, dude. Like a total freaking mess. You've ever seen the documentary on Caddyshack, dude? It's off the rails. And somehow Peters kept the suits at bay while everybody was just out of their minds, high on cocaine yeah. and weed, and just blowing up golf courses <laughs> in Florida. And somehow it became this like iconic picture, right? He talks about because he's uh, Kevin Smith is a huge, huge DC comic mm-hmm. and and Marvel comic freak. Yeah, but specifically like Superman. Yeah. And so he's like, dude, so then Superman is in his, what's his house of solitude. Yeah. The fortress of solitude. Fortress of solitude. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, and then this giant, so Peters is trying to explain to him because they called Kevin Smith in to help him write the new Superman for Warner brothers. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause they know he's like an expert. And so now, but we want you to talk with Peters cause he's producing it and he's all freaky, weird Hollywood guy now yeah. and stuff. And he just like slamming this idea of this giant spider that fights Superman and Kevin Smith's like, dude, it's Superman. Like going to crush this giant mechanical spider or whatever the hell it is. Like, no, like, no, this is Dick. He can, he can make the world spin backwards if he wants to on the planet. Like this, John wouldn't let it go. Wouldn't let it go. Wouldn't let it go. And then he goes, and then a couple years later, if you remember, they redid the, they did a movie remake of the wild, wild west. 
<laughs> Will Smith and with Will Smith, yeah, and Kevin yeah. Klein, yeah, and it was super cheesy. And he goes, and guess what? The big scene was in that movie. Some big sp- freaking giant mechanical <laughs> spider. He wouldn't let it go. Like, it's like the line that you won't let go. And you turn into another exactly. song, maybe or something like that. It was so that's bad. Funny. Like, but yours can be good if it's that good. That's funny. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. It's like nothing is wasted. It's just either it's a it's a starter line that gets you to the better line, or it's that idea that falls out. No, I had something called the the boneyard, where I used to throw lines that I thought were cool that didn't make it into other songs. I'd go peruse that oh. you know, on a regular basis and see if it sparks something. So they're just in there. Maybe they it fits perfectly or into a another song that I'm writing. Like oh, I got it, or it starts off another song. You just never know. So yeah, fascinating. Mm-hmm. I never yeah, that. it was a long time ago. I haven't used a boneyard in a while, but. Anyway, all right. Last one here. Craig Wiseman. Might have heard of him. <laughs> Who's that guy? Uh, he's just some guy from Hattiesburg, Mississippi. <laughs> this is some guy who's had kind of, he just had them all. He's had uh, he's had all the cuts. But back in the day, like walking away, Diamond Rio, a little bit of you, Leroy Parnell, the good die young, Tracy Lawrence, everywhere for Tim McGraw. She's got it all. Chesney, where the green grass grows, Tim McGraw. Just another day in paradise, Phil Vassar, Teller, Lone Star, the Cowboy, Meet Tim McGraw, Young, and the Good Stuff by Kenny Chesney. American Child, Phil Vassar, and Live Like You Were Dying, and yada, yada, yada. Live Like You Were Dying. Right. Yes. Oh. So, yeah, he's had a thing or two. And just so many more. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It just keeps going. Like, this was uh, this was put out almost 20 years ago, and he's still cranking. Yeah. Awesome. Let's look here. All right. Talk about developing an idea and making it into a song. What you're talking about is when you have a linear story idea. That's a fine line you draw. I can't stand it when people make stuff up. I got so mad at a co-writer when I realized how different we were. We were talking about growing up, and he was telling about this pool hall where he grew up, and he'd go there after school and hang with the older guys. Also, the back parking lot was a good place to go park with your girlfriend. So it was kind of one of those coming-of-age kind of things. And it was a cool thing, and I thought it would make a great song. So we started writing a looking back kind of thing. I go home now and I walk downtown. It's not even a town along the railroad track. It's just all boarded up. I can look in the windows and still see the tables all covered up. I thought, wow, that's really cool. So when we got to that part of the song where I was saying, I'm looking back through the dust and I see the tables. He said, no, no, we shouldn't say that in the song. We should say that's been torn down. There's something else built there. I said, oh, is there something else there now? He said, no, no, it's still there. I thought, what is wrong with you? This is real. This is your life. You are freaking me out. You'd rather make up some crap than talk about real life. He goes, the general public, they're not dumb. They have an extremely sophisticated BS meter. I think that's where a lot of songwriters really fail. They just want to make stuff up. It's your life. Talk about it. One of the greatest insights I ever made was getting humble enough to realize I'm not special. I'm just an average guy. And if I feel it, and I think it, and I do it, that I'm virtually guaranteed that everybody else has felt the same thing. Therefore, I don't have to put it in esoteric terms. But I can speak of some very esoteric things. People actually do respond to that. You look at Pulitzer Prize winning novels time and again, it's somebody telling their story in their language, in their way, and they're not trying to modify it. I remember reading this story about one of these 40-something adrenaline junkies and thinking, this guy's an idiot. He decided he wanted to spend a winter up in the Arctic. So he bought this metal boat and he took his wife along. It turns out the wife's father found out he had this terminal cancer and they came and flew her out at the last possible moment before they were iced in. They were going to go come back and forcibly take him. They didn't know these idiots were up there, but the weather closed in before the helicopter could come back for him. And here's this guy in a 40-foot sailboat with 
with only a little cabin. He almost killed himself with carbon monoxide poisoning. So here I am, a guy from South Mississippi reading about him. I am far from an adrenaline junkie. This guy is about as polar opposite for me as it can get, but I was enthralled by him. This guy's search for self was all it was. There's something about the people who are willing to go so deep and reveal something about themselves that allows you to find yourself in there. So we're, we're all on a spiritual journey and, mm-hmm. and somebody telling of their journey helps you with yours. So I don't understand why there's so many songwriters that just want to make stuff up. Cause so we did a BMG writers retreat where we brought in people from all the offices just really to meet each other and sniff butts. It wasn't so much about whether you could write a song or not. So the last day of this retreat was when we wrote young, which ended up being a number one for Kenny Chesney. It was me. No I'm not sure. I'm, mispronouncing that name, Sheridan, and Steve McEwen. So they started playing guitar. So I'd been getting these letters about my 20-year class reunion. And David and I uh, had been talking about all those high school stories. And we started throwing out stuff like, look at me now, it makes me laugh. And we had this chorus in the first verse all in place. Now, Steve had a really good rock and roll voice, so he was singing it. And he added the vocal part that goes, woo-woo-woo, woo-woo, you know that. And I, told him, and I told him, Steve, you just came up with the best lyric of the song. Oh, yeah. yeah and he did but in those first verses i had been telling david how we used to go to this place to swim called the rapids and how you had to carry your beer over this railroad trestle and we went there because the cops would never go there since you had to go up and over this trestle and down and he said we should put that in the song but i thought it was too esoteric i thought it came out of nowhere and you know more people have said that they love that trestle part that they used to go to a place like that and i almost didn't put it in the song So, because there's this line, it's like, it was a long train trestle, but we had no fear. Yeah. Young. Yeah. And it is, it's this random thing. But what I love about that is how the universal is in the specific, how they decide to put the real thing in there and you get it. And it, it feels more real. One, it is real. And two, it's different from what everybody else is making up. I, I love what he said about the, Oh, we should say it's torn down and it's like a Walmart now. Cause you hear that in songs. This old place is now with this place. Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of like trying to be, he's trying to be trendy, trying to be like instead of being real. That's what songwriters say. You'd say it was torn down and there's a Walmart there now or something. Yeah. And a lot of cliches are kind of have a ring of truth to them. Cause they're, they get to be cliches for a reason. Cause there's a lot of truth to it. But man, if you got something else you can say, that's, true it's going to help stand out from all those cliches because if it had been just oh, it's torn down it's walmart now well yeah but i've heard that a bunch mm-hmm. well, ironically what you don't hear is this guy's truth that yeah look it's still there it's just all boarded up the tables are covered over with sheets and you can see it's all dusty in there and it's yeah it's gonna have this that's such a cool picture man too like i can see that yeah i can see that like i've already i've, I've created that yeah. In my mind. What that and so it's like. like, you don't have to make it up. And I mean, I remember writing, there's a song that I'm, I'm really proud of that I've written with guys. We haven't got, we've gotten some interest, but, and we just kept coming back to guys. We got to tell the truth. We just got to tell the truth. That's our superpower. Tell the freaking truth, tell the truth. And it wasn't so much about the story, yeah. like, but it was the emotional truth of what was going on in this situation that all, all three of us writers had been in. Like, we got to tell the truth. Like we got to be unflinching. We got to, you know, we'd serve it up where we think it'd be palatable, but we got to tell the truth 
because we're if we fake it, it's going to fall flat. Mm-hmm. But if we tell the truth, and all three of us feel that, like Wiseman said, I ain't special, just an average guy. If we all felt this about this situation, so have millions of other people, whether they've talked about it or not. And then it has a chance because it's true and it's honest. It's going to be different. Yeah. It's not making stuff up. It's not being songwriter. It's telling the truth, served up in a hopefully a compelling way. Yeah. And also, I mean, you're relating yeah. better, aren't you, to the everyman? Yeah. That's you're not your trying to go, is. what would the everyman say? It's like, I am the everyman. What, what would yeah. I say? What, what, yeah. How do I feel? Okay. Right. And at least if you're going to go out on a limb, go out with the honest truth. Because then you know at least somebody relates to it, right? If you're guessing, maybe nobody relates to it. But if you relate to it, and it's, I mean, I hate to phrase your truth, but it, that's the truth as you know it and what happened to you and how you feel about things. Odds are there are a lot of other people out there feeling the same thing. If you make it up, maybe nobody does. Yeah. Or it falls flat, falls short. So that's your superpower, like tell the truth. Yeah. Anyway, again, the book is The Secrets of Songwriting, by Susan Tucker. You can probably find it on Amazon somewhere. I found it the other night when I was prepping for this. I thought it was really cool. Really good book. And a lot of other stuff covered in there, too. But I just wanted to pull that that part out. And encourage everybody just to be patient. Do the role playing. Do the brainstorming. Craft. craft listen. Craft does it feel... Tools. And keep going until it feels true. And none of it feels false. Till it all feels honest. Yeah. And uh, you don't have to make stuff up. So I thought that was cool. I love it, guys. Well, that brings us to the end of another killer climb. Yes. Hey, I, I want to let y'all know some real quick. Listen, if you're a climber, but you're not yet a member of Songwriting Pro, I want to encourage you to hop on to the website, songwritingpro.com. Listen to some of the wins our members have been earning as we help them write like a pro, do business like a pro, and connect to the pros. I've been happy to go on there. I've been gathering up some wins from people that are members and sharing those on the website, just at Songwriting Pro. And I want you to hear those because I want to celebrate our members that are winning and getting cuts and single song contracts and hearing their stuff on the radio. And I want to share that with you because we want to help you too. So get on over to songwritingpro.com so we can help you take your next step in the music business. All right, that's what I had to say. I love it, guys. Well, join the climb community. Um, <laughs> you want to say leave a rating review, but like, eh. I was going to, no, I'm, not, right, I'm right. censoring myself <laughs> as I say it. But uh, yeah, man, uh, tell a friend about it, guys. Help us, help them. And uh, we love you guys. This podcast exists because we want you to win. So keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. <laughs> <laughs>